How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining me. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 100. That is one zero zero of the Easy Peasy Podcast. Finally made it. And uh, it's going to be a good episode here, I hope. It's another one from Self-Reliance Fest down in Camden, Tennessee. An event that happens once in the spring, once in the fall. And uh, if you've been listening for a while, you kind of know what Self-Reliance Fest is all about uh, from my two-part sort of series on them, um, where last time around I kind of interviewed all the folks that I found interesting, and I recorded some of the lectures. Um, this time I did something a little bit different. I, I actually spoke at Self-Reliance Fest, so... We'll say the first chapter of this episode is my my lecture, my talk, which I thought went pretty well. Uh, and then the second part, I actually decided to kind of focus on the women of self-reliance fest, right? Sort of some of the really in, you know incredible women who are doing some really incredible things. Now, I did not get everybody that I hope to, but I hope that, you know, those who I missed will not take it personally, you know, for one, uh, Nicole sauce, I got to give her the the major shout out. She organizes and kind of runs point on this entire thing. And I was trying my best to, you know, take some of the weight off of her where I could, um, you know, helping out in any way possible, but she was, uh, she was incredible once more. So we'll just put that out there first. There's one or two other folks that I would have liked to have gotten the mic in front of, um, Michelle Bond being one, um, trying to think there were two or three women that I did not get a chance to talk to, but that's okay. You know, I think I think you'll enjoy the conversations I did get, and uh, you'll get you'll get a sense of what Self Reliance Fest is all about. So, we'll start you off here with my lecture. It'll go for about forty five minutes before switching gears, and then at the very very end, you will hear some music from 
an artist that goes by Testimona, who gets interviewed along the way here. You'll you'll hear her talk, uh, but I thought I would include just one song of hers at the very, very end. And that is called, let's see, it's called True Warriors Hunt Themselves. Um, and it's a cool song. She's got a lot of cool songs, so I figured I would share that with y'all. She gave me express uh, written permission via text message here today, so we'll thank her for that. So anyways, I'm going to drop you on in, and uh, as always, if you find this episode entertaining, valuable, useful in any way, uh, we are on a value-for-value model here. And we take donations at easypeasygardens.com slash donate. All right, here you go. The most flexible, confident speaker that I know. And so he has been on call this entire event that if somebody, something happens, he gets to come speak. So he gets to get it done early and then he can have fun for the rest of the day. Now, first time I met... Michael Whistler was at the Rogue Food Conference, wasn't it? But I had heard him on Jack Spearco's show because he had started this sort of backyard permaculture business because he didn't want to go out and waste a bunch of money on going into debt to get a college degree. Oh, I went to college. Oh, you went to college, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so he didn't want to do, he didn't want to work for the man. And he looked around and thought, you know what? I'm going to take ownership for my life. I'm gonna build this thing and set it up so that it pays money. I'm gonna live simply, so I don't have a lot of expenses. And he's a very spiritual guy too. So we can get we can be preppers and be spiritual. It's amazing. So without further ado, I'm gonna hand it over to Mike Whistler of the Easy Peasy Podcast. awake to begin with but as Nicole said my name is Michael T Whistler uh, I started a little gardening business but I'm not really here to talk about that happy to answer questions about it maybe towards the tail end but what I want to talk about is flow okay now I want a little audience participation here if, if I say the word flow what does your mind go to water water that's right and I believe that we're supposedly made out of a good amount of water, right? Something like that, 70, 80% water, right? And I believe that we are either in flow or we are not in flow. It's very simple. And I believe the whole point of life is to be in the flow of life, okay? Now, there's this whole principle in the field of positive psychology called flow theory. And flow theory basically says that if you're not in flow, you are either 
anxious or depressed, okay? And I've experienced both. I'm sure all of us have, right? I mean, put your hand up if you've ever been depressed, right? How about anxious? Some of us bounce back and forth all the damn time, right? I'm going to do my best not to swear. I, you know, it comes out, though. Occasionally, I find myself, though, in this optimal sort of state of mind. And the best word I've been told to describe it is flow, right? It's when you're kind of just in the zone, right? It's when your action and your decision are overlapping. You're not thinking too much. You're just getting it done. Now, I'm going to use this dry erase board, and I'm going to show you what I'm talking about here. It's pretty basic, but what I like to think of it as, now this is not my original idea, a guy named, I want to say, Nehi Cheeseneck Nehi. Don't sue me if I'm pronouncing that improperly. I don't know where the hell the guy's from, but he came up with this idea. Basically, we've got our skill, and we've got our challenge. Right here is flow. And the idea is when your skill matches your challenge, you're in the flow. I know you're already thinking they gave the hippie a microphone. Trust me, this is going to be useful stuff, okay? But above, we've got, let me think here. Sometimes I flip these. When your challenge exceeds your skill, you're anxious. You know, I'm going to go ahead and reverse these because I like to think of it in a lot of different ways. But we've got challenge here, skill here. So up here we've got anxiety. Okay, my handwriting's terrible, so I'm just using the the big letters. Okay, but below we've got depression, right? And this makes a lot of sense to me as a way of kind of conceptualizing my day-to-day -day struggles, challenges, whatever you want to call them. If my, if my challenge exceeds my skills, say right here, I'm anxious, right? I don't have the skills to do what I'm, what I'm trying to do. Conversely, if my skill outweighs my challenge, I'm depressed. You know, it's like, I think this American dream we've all been sold is a big lie. You know, as uh, Billy Bond says, everything you've been told is a lie. Now, they want you to think that you'll be content, you'll be happy, sitting on the couch, doing a whole lot of nothing, drinking margaritas on the beach, watching television, whatever the heck it is, but you won't be content, you won't be happy, unless you're challenged almost constantly, you know? There's people here that impress the hell out of me because I wish I was accomplishing as much as they do in any given day of the year. You know, it's, it's because they understand this. And I believe that every professional athlete, every sharpshooter, every, you know, you name it, the guy that can toss a horseshoe and just hit that ringer every other time, they're in the flow. And I'm gonna try not to get too hippy-dippy with you, but I, I think of everything in terms of sort of vibrations and waves, you know? I think we are, at a place like this, at an event like this, we are resonating together on a similar kind of vibration. And I always kind of imagine that we're all born right there at the apex of the graph, right? And when you're a kid, 
Now, kids are amazing. They're magical, right? They're almost always in flow until we train them otherwise. And they're just out there learning and playing and naturally kind of choosing challenges that are a little bit beyond what they know. You know, apparently kids learn language by hearing words they don't understand, right? That makes a lot of sense. But if you're trying to teach a kid how to speak and how to comprehend complex thoughts, you cannot baby talk them. You have to talk just a little beyond their ability to comprehend. You know, they need the challenge. So we're all born right here. As a kid, I like to think, like I said, we're kind of in the flow. And then, you know, puberty hits, we get a little self-conscious, right? Everybody is kind of overwhelmed with the world around them. And that's when people start oscillating up and maybe down and feeling these feelings of anxiety and depression for the first time, or at least intensely and prolonged, right? They get stuck. You know, my best friend growing up, he got stuck for a lot of years down here, right? Just kind of spiraling around. And I couldn't do a whole lot to help. But it's kind of, uh, you know, it's something that I experienced too where I almost feel like we're born into like a manic depressive culture, right? A lot of folks go to work, they're stressed out, they're anxious. They pop up here. They go home at night, eat some dinner, turn on the tube. And as a sort of com uh, compensation, they, they intentionally depress themselves, whether they know it or not. And the American lifestyle causes us to bounce up and down, back and forth, rarely experiencing a true flow state. Is this making sense? Man, you know, sometimes I, I don't even know if I know what I'm talking about, but bear with me. This is my first time discussing this stuff to a crowd, so I really appreciate your ears. You know? Thank you, thank you. Easy peasy. You know, like Nicole said, I kind of was on the hook for the last two days. And I'm like, I don't know when I'm talking, you know? We'll find out. I know where I'm scheduled, but there was a good chance somebody wouldn't be able to make it in time. So, whatever, man. You know, I'm in the flow. Let's, I'm going to flow with it, right? I don't need to structure everything. I try to be like water, because that's what I am. And don't get me wrong, there are times where I, you know, I fail at that, but I find that there are ways to get into this state of mind if you kind of are aware of it. Like I said, you need to challenge yourself, you need to develop skills. We have to constantly move our way further up this graph. This is an infinite graph, as all graphs ought to be. You know, it doesn't end at 100. No, this is infinite. There we go. So my point is, Without those constant you know, goals of improvement, and that's what brings us all here, right? That's why we're here. We're here to learn. We're here to challenge ourselves. I heard somebody say earlier, it's like uh, the brain is taxed at this point. And I can understand why. After, after the last Self-Alliance Fest, I, I had interviewed 15, 20 people at least. Excuse me. And I was taxed because I, 
as much as I thought I might have been in flow the whole time, I was kind of, I was pushing it, right? And it wore me down. And I guess maybe that's okay. You know, we have to rest and digest too. After two days of interviewing people, trying to get as much information out of as many folks as I could, I was pretty tired, right? So I went home and I slept for like, you know, 12 hours that night. And I'm sure a lot of us are gonna do that. So, you know, the idea of flow though is that you shouldn't really be taxing yourself entirely. Your, your, your energy is well spent, right? This is efficiency. So in terms of permaculture, in terms of gardening, you know, I, like I said, I have a gardening business. I've got about 20 some clients, 22, that I go around and I help them learn how to garden, right? Most of my folks, they hire me because they want food in their yard, but they don't even know where to start, right? So I show up, I, I kind of try to get them confident in gardening by saying, you know, you don't need to know it all, but you need to, you need to interact with the garden. You know, the difference between a client with a really productive car garden and one with one that looks kind of rough is they're actually trying, they're actually challenging themselves, they're trying to learn how to do it. The ones that think I'm gonna do it all for them, I end up not going back to the next year, right? I can't water your garden. I can only come by every so often. You gotta take care of it, you gotta have your hands in it. I say, if you got your hands in it every day, it's bound to succeed. But you have to be in the garden every day and you have to connect with it, right? sort of on a vibrational level. Again, I'm a bit of a hippie, bear with me. But I have a hard time denying that there are these vibes, right? And that they come from the plants, and they come from the animals, and they come from each other. You know, everybody here is feeling the same thing at the same time, which is pretty powerful. And I think we're all kind of in this flow together. Clearly we are ahead of the curve. We're the headwaters, right? If you've never seen a flash flood in person, you don't know the true power of water. Now, there's a fella here that builds water wheels. Water has immense mechanical power to get shit done. And that's what we are. We're just at the front of it. So how do we get in the flow, right? Part of it is having something worth doing. You can't just be challenged, you can't just be skilled. How many folks have had a job they absolutely hated? Mm -hmm. It's really hard to get in the flow when you hate what you're doing. It's a lot easier if you think it's inherently valuable. There's intrinsic value to what you're doing. That's why gardening, to me, is about the easiest way to get there, because you're taking care of yourself and you're taking care of all these other living things, right? So I like to think that flow doesn't necessarily only apply to sort of our psychology, but you know, think about what we describe our monetary system with. These are terms that overlap incredibly. When, when you have liquid assets, right? Something that you can get rid of. I'll be honest with you. I had to sell the thing I cherished most to come here. I had a little motorcycle, right? And that's a fun way to get in the flow until you get hit. And I can tell you that from experience. Uh, but basically, I, I decided 
that the flow of coming here and being with y'all was more important than that. Because this is more worthwhile, right? And we get there together. Most easily you get in the flow through conversation that's genuinely engaging, right? We've had a lot of cool conversations around this place over the last couple of days. At least I hope y'all have. You should have been at the campfire last night, heard some of the things we talked about out there. You know, it, we went a little late, but that's actually part of it. It's part of it. Nobody was looking at their clock, right? All of a sudden it was 2 a.m. And everybody all at once kind of said, let's go to bed, you know? Like, let's put a, a little cherry on this Sunday. But we were all kind of in this flow of conversation together. And it's a powerful thing when you get there. That's why we come to these events, right? You know, nothing against the folks that are streaming in, but you're missing out if you can't walk up to somebody that you don't know and get to know them. There's nothing more powerful than that. You know, that's why we're here. <clears throat> so like I said, conditions for flow. Yeah. Thank you. Keeps riding up. I got too much hair, y'all. But intrinsically valuable and a desire to do it, right? Those might go hand in hand, but without a true passion, a true desire, you're never gonna get there. Now the symptoms, like I kind of alluded to, altered perception of time. How many, how many of y'all have ever experienced this where uh, after you do something that's just, you know, say you're uh, paddling a canoe all day, or say you're in the garden all day and you look at your watch, like I just said, and time has just disappeared. You ever felt that? Yeah? Looking back on it, it's kind of hard to tell if it took forever or if it was gone in the flash of a second, right? This is why rock climbers do what they do. You know, that guy Alex Honnold, y'all heard of him, the crazy guy that climbs without a rope? He knows more about flow than anybody, okay? One day might come where his challenge exceeds his skill, though, right? And we have to be wary of that. So another symptom would be what I call profound enjoyment. Like I said, you cannot do it if you are doing something you hate. So when you get into this moment, it's like ecstasy, right? And I often think of, now let's just cut to the chase, drugs and alcohol. These are cheap ways to feel like you're in flow, but it's not true. It's a shortcut, and there's a, there's a drawback, right? We all know this. I was hungover this morning, I'll just be honest. <laughs> yeah, you were. That's why I need the water. I need more of this water to flow through my body, right? <clears throat> now, I believe when you get into a really, really intense flow state, you are just vibrating. You're vibrating at the best frequency you can for this moment, for this challenge, this place, this person. And you get access to things that you didn't even know you knew. You know, I talk about it often where I have, I, I, I have a little bit of what you call imposter syndrome, right? I'm sure a lot of us feel this way. I'm not an expert, you know, I'm just doing my best. Well, if you're doing your best, you are an expert at whatever it is you're doing. 
but it's easy to convince ourselves that we're amateurs. And when you get into this flow state, you have access to everything, right? Everything you've ever learned, more or less. It's a powerful thing. When I get into a really intense conversation, the things that come out of my mouth surprise me. You know? Like, oh man, I can't even remember where I learned this, but I know I learned it some time ago. And I might have not thought of it since. You know, your brain is incredible. You filed away so much information, the hard part's getting to it, right? So, you know, what are some other ways? I'm just curious maybe to get some ideas from y'all. What is the easiest way for you to find flow? Anybody got one? Jiu-jitsu. Jiu yes. Talk about a challenge, right? You're on the mat with another human who may or may not want to do you harm. At the very least, they're simulating a fight, right? There might not be any bad blood, but they're not going to hold back neither, right? They're practicing. And that's incredible. I think martial arts of all kinds. You ever watch Muhammad Ali box? That guy knew something about flow. For as big a guy as he was, he could move like nobody else, quick, right? And I guess you don't have to be fast with what you're doing, but you've got to be precise. He was a precise boxer. What are some other ways? Yoga. That's great. Meditation. Yes. I'm not great at these things. <laughs> but it's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Music. We had some excellent musicians last night, right? Way to be. I had chills. I had chills. It was awesome. And you're in the flow, and me out in the audience, I'm in the flow, right? And there's a connection there. It's amazing. It's amazing stuff. And like I said, I think you're either in it or not. It's an on-off thing. You know, if you're sitting there and you've got a little bit of anxiety, you're just missing out is what you're doing. you got a little depression. You know, it's hard to break these, these cycles though, right? You know, we could change these words too. Like I said, you know, we're talking about water. We have frozen assets and liquid assets. Now you can be, as a person, you can be boiling with anxiety and rage. You know, we've all gotten angry, I'm sure, over the last couple of years. I spent, I spent a few months trying to even out my vibration because I was pissed. Right? The stuff they tried to push on us, man. Like, how could you not get mad? But when you, when you ease yourself out of it, you can be more effective at the cause, at what you need to do in response. But, you know, we might call this mania, right, up here. We might call this, you know, turmoil. Change the words all you like. I think, you know, the coolest thing is when you step back and you realize if I want to live my best life, this is what I want it to generally look like. A nice even curve. Now every day you might have your oscillations, right? Ideally you're not coming up here, you're not coming down here. But I'm, like Nicole said, a little spiritual, so I see a pattern here. You know, in permaculture we talk about recognizing patterns. And this is what I see, right? That's a yin-yang, pretty, pretty basic. But Taoism, right, is all about you know, Taoism, Taoism, you can say it whichever way you like. It's all about balance, right? That's what flow is all about. 
Why do you think we use a, you know, water and a bubble to find the level? It's perfect balance. Water evens itself out across a landscape, just like with a swale. You know, if you were here for the swale workshop, you know a thing or two about it. And you know that eventually that's going to fill up and go someplace else, right? You're channeling the flow across the landscape. <clears throat> we also like to think in terms of uh, sort of the flow of our work, right? Workflow. I read a book uh, a couple years ago. It's called The Lean Farm. Anybody read The Lean Farm? That fellow's from Indiana. Proud Hoosier over here. Yeah. But hey, there you are. Uh, but he talks about when you're sort of planning out your farm, right? You want to have a very efficient workflow. This is common sense stuff. But in order to get there, you have to sort of track your movements and figure out how to make it better. So, let's say you've got a farm or a little homestead, whatever. And I like purple. Let's stick with purple. So here's your farm, right? We'll keep it simple. You got your house. You got your greenhouse. Say so you got your, you know, we're talking zones in permaculture, right? Zone one, zone two, so a little herb garden, whatever. And you're constantly going, let's say you got a garage down here, okay? And you're walking, you know, this guy basically talks about make a, make a diagram of your farm. And every time you make a trip from somewhere to somewhere else, you draw a line. You chart where you go. So you wake up in the morning. You know, let's say you go check on the chickens, and then you come down to the barn, you get some tools, and you're going to the greenhouse, and then you forgot something, so you're going back, and this and that, and all over. He says, by the end of the day, if it looks like a big old spaghetti bowl, you're doing something wrong, right? You should be efficient with your movement, you know? I, I worked on a couple small farms, and it doesn't take you long to realize, well, I always use this implement over here and this one over there, so maybe we just build a little shed and put the right tools in the right spot. Save a lot of time, a lot of energy. You know, a stream does not intentionally go wonky and zigzaggy and all over the place in circles and circles. It goes somewhere with a purpose, right? Carrying its, its potential energy. So, you know, when it comes to design, I think flow is one of these things that you have to keep in the front of your mind. It's like, you know, we talk about water access structure. Well, how do those three interact? How am I going between them? And how can I do it better? <clears throat> Let's see here. You know, we also talk about energy flows, right, in permaculture design. How does the wind, how does the sun, how does the inputs and outputs on your property affect the design, right? Wind is a serious thing to consider. Water is more serious problem. And that's why we, we focus on things like, you know, earthworks and doing, doing these things. The, the first thing we do, right, is we harness that water. We capture that energy, we hold it, we store it, and then we release it as we wish. Now, this is the same with our sort of emotional energy, our spiritual energy. You know, I, I sometimes wonder if I don't get too far in the flow, though, right? 
It's like uh, Nicole asked me to go pick up a television, right? And my only focus was do not crash Nicole's truck, right? And I showed up early and I grabbed that television, I drove all the way back, guess what? We forgot, I forgot, I'm not gonna blame nobody else, all the stuff that goes with it, I assume, right? The power cord and whatever. And it's kind of like, yeah, man, maybe I should have slowed down there. I was really just focused on getting it done. But if you can't recognize, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't have showed up early. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You kind of you can get distracted by doing the thing you are doing and lose that broader perception. Um, let's see here. Like I said, false flows, uh, mindless entertainment. You know, I have met more people in the last year or two that are now gambling on football, right? Then I guess it's, it's become a lot easier. You got all these apps, you can gamble on football. And they are so jazzed up that they do it. You know, they, I, I go to the local pub pretty often. I talk to folks and they're all, I couldn't care less about sports ball personally. You know, that's just not my thing. But these folks are so hooked to the thrill of the gambling aspect now, right? Gambling is just as addictive as anything because it's one of these cheap ways to get into a flow state. You know, it's a lot harder to do if you're just focused on something like, you know, practical, hands-on, on your property. People lose all kinds of money doing the lottery where I come from. I don't know if y'all have state lotteries, but it's like, how the state got into that business, I'll never know. It's terrible. It's terrible. <clears throat> so we'll do this, uh, we'll make an example here. Talk about sort of some different different lifelines, if you will. Now, I don't read palms or nothing, that's a little too occult for me, but I like to think of our lifeline on this graph, right? So like I said, the average American kind of, once they get to adolescence, they start oscillating like this. And it almost inevitably goes to a point where they're either so depressed, they just decide to stay there, they're so anxious that they learn to live in that anxiety and it, it destroys them from the inside out. You know, versus what I hope we kind of would find to be the norm. You know, back in hunter-gatherer days, I'm pretty sure they would just kind of occasionally over challenge and then rest a bit but as they improve their competency it gets tighter and tighter right we want that we want that anybody have any questions so far this is some heady stuff i know it i know it. and i i imagine that it makes more sense than you know to me it's the easiest way to understand how our brains work right i wasn't trained as a psychologist I went to school for parks and recreation and uh, learned a couple things along the way, but you'd be amazed. It's like I had a course I had to take. It was called Foundations of Leisure, right? It's like when I told my folks, you should, oh man, we should have seen their faces. I'm going to study outdoor recreation, parks, and human ecology. They said, how the hell are you ever going to make any money? I've been figuring it out, you know? <laughs> but Foundations of Leisure, it's like, who, you know, it almost sounds like a joke. Sounds like a joke. Who needs to be told the foundations of leisure? Well, I did. I didn't understand it, you know? And the power of leisure is just as important as the power of work, right? This is the rest and digest. But 
I learned about flow theory in this class, right? And that when you're, say, trying to organize some kind of leisure activity, you know, you don't want to negate the need for at least a little bit of a challenge, right? If you're, if you're say, running a camp, right? Summer camp for kids, they need to be pushed a little bit. I, I worked for a while uh, taking kids on horseback rides at a, uh, at a guest ranch. And it was amazing because by the end of the week, we would do a big family ride. And the parents and the kids would ride as a unit for the first time all week. Kids have been you know, learning how to ride, parents have been learning how to ride separately. And the kids were almost always better at riding because the adults have been conditioned to have these fears and to tense up, whereas the kid doesn't know enough yet to be scared of a little bit of challenge, right? Getting on the back of a horse is like, it's exciting, it's worth doing, it's fun. It's fun, right? Fun is, is another easy way to get there. It's that intrinsic value thing. But riding along with these families, you'd see the, the mom and the dad, and the horse isn't really behaving as it should because they're all tight, right? They're tight. And the kids, some of them, we'd get them, we'd get them galloping by the third day they were on the back of the horse. Now, I don't know if, uh, if that's allowed anymore, right? I'm not that old, but it's kind of like, I've heard people that run stables, they won't even take you to a gallop, you know, liability. But who here rides? Get in the flow of a horse, sharing that energy is pretty cool. You know, they can read us better than we can read them. So, how do we get back into flow if we're stuck in a state of constant anxiety, constant depression? You know, that's as, as good a question as any. I don't have the answer necessarily. But if you're not challenging yourself, it's not going to happen. I know that much. So when we come to an event like this, we're all trying to pick up some skills, right? You know, it's fun. I was watching Brian Norton yesterday putting this tea brewer together. And we were discussing as a group how it could be improved, how it could change, how, you know, could I do it this way, could I do it that way? And people hung out well after your, your presentation, getting, getting more information out of you, you know, if they can. And it's because they want to go home and make this cool vortex thing that, that flows, right? It flows. And why does, Brian, why does that, why is that an advantage, the movement of the water? Water has memory and it picks up intention. There's a gal talking all about living water. You know, she had a little booth over here. You don't get it without some movement, some flow. You know, stagnant water dies, right? That's how we are too. Yeah. <clears throat> how much time am I working with here? Cool. So, hey, appreciate you. Uh, you know, it, it's a tricky thing. I'd love to get some questions, but I know it's kind of like, where do I begin? You know. You want me to lay one on? Yeah, please, please. Thank you. Okay, Nicole. Take those parallel lines and draw way more piling. What, wider? Way wider. What do you want? So, like a wedge, you're saying? Yes. 
once you start living, right? Uh huh. If you six sigma challenge yourself one iota further a day, right? To learn a thing or challenge a thing or whatever, you're increasing that wedge possibility of being in the close state. Uh huh. Right? So the area of being able to be anxious or being able to be depressed leaves because the cone gets wider as you Okay. Come here. Come up here. <laughs> Nobody knows what you said. Except for, no, just, no, no, no. Is that the right drawing? So, but now, stop. <laughs> okay. What I'm saying is it's a, it's a timeline that he drew. You do timeline, yep. right? And if you go parallel, you're limited. You can only do that. So the best you could do is try to go down the middle. Right? Yeah, forget. If you if you challenge yourself, right, challenges, more skills, more challenges, more skills, right? You, you increase the total area of possibility of being in a flow state, and you at the same time decrease the area of being able to be in a depressed or an anxious state at all. I like it. Yeah. So might call it the wedge so, of confidence. Well, I like to win. Right? The wedge of confidence is also an arrow and it pinpoints down, right? Think about how accurate an arrow is when fletched properly. Um, interesting how that shape just came out of that dis discussion. So the world does this where we do something weird like draw on a dry, a dry erase board and it has other symbols that's a, a metaphor for the same thing. So. That was, that was beautiful. I like it, Brian. Other, Zoom, if you have questions, um, all caps. I suppose maybe I'll tell you a little. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah. Rebecca. Yeah. So what was the book you read about flow theory? Well, there's flow. I believe it's just called flow. F-L-O-W. F-L-O-W. And uh, that was written by the guy I mentioned, Nehi Chisnek Nehi. And it's, it's a little dense, uh, but he does a good job of making it very accessible at the same time. Now, he's talking about complex psychology in pretty simple ways. Um, at first, I thought you were asking about a book I wrote. No. Uh, but that's okay. I'm going to tell you about it anyhow. So I know all we need is more prepper fiction, right? <laughs> but I went and wrote me a novel, and I think it's worth a read. A big theme of it was sort of flow. And community and the power of both and in essence I'm not going to give it all away but it, it doesn't take place when the shit hits the fan it takes place a little bit before and a little ways after so it's not one of these doom and gloom you know it's very um, to me it's a story of putting the pieces back together right so if you're interested in that you can look up my name or hey Duke 2029 on Amazon uh, I was gonna come with a box of them, but the mail didn't come quick enough. Yeah, you know, this was my uh, this was my deadline, and I, I made it, but not quite. Yeah. On Audible? Uh, not yet, but I'll be doing an audiobook version before long. Yep. Okay, Jake, and then we'll go to the back. How important is it to accept the things that you can't change so that you don't have as much anxiety? You gotta just. Okay, how important is it to accept the things you can't change so you reduce your anxiety? Well, you know, it's 
kind of like what a lot of us have heard on Jack's show talking about the spheres of, you know, the concentric spheres, you know, control, influence, and concern, right? And sort of limiting what we're concerned about. You know, we don't want to be concerned about everything, right? Especially if it gets well beyond our sphere of influence. Um, another way to think of it would be, you know, that sort of uh, intentional apathy about certain stuff. A lot of people here have stopped watching the news. I know that much, right? I talked to a Turn couple off folks. the news. Turn off the news. I talked to a few folks that got rid of their televisions altogether. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Because that's another, television is the cheapest of flow states, right? And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I love a good movie. But anymore, I almost won't watch a movie unless I feel like I'm learning something from it, right? Now, not that that is a silver bullet, but you know, it's, I, and I don't mean to talk smack, it's like occasionally you've had a real long day and you just do need to relax and veg out. But it's way better to read a book, you know? And getting in, speaking of flow, reading, man, reading. Like, that's another great way. If you, if you don't read much, you know, I'd recommend doing it because that's, once you get sucked in and you are just flipping through the pages reading like, you know, a madman, you lose time, you lose everything, but you, you gain a lot from the pages, right? Okay, we have a question in the back. How do you tell someone from anxiety? Okay, how do you help somebody who is in an anxiety state get into the flow? Well, it's almost, um, I see a metaphor with the clients of mine that don't care for their own garden. It's kind of like you can give them all the tools, you can give them all the resources, you can answer all their questions, but if they don't want to get out of it, if they don't want to do better, there's almost nothing you can do. That's what I found. Um, but I, like I said, I, I, it depends on the situation. I don't know. I don't know. But challenge is good and learning something new is, is great, right? So maybe, you know, if you have a friend or something that's just really struggling, you're stuck. Take them out and do something new. I don't care if it's go-karts or something. If you can talk them into it, go do it. And just give them that little taste of, of flow and maybe talk about it after. Like, oh, that felt kind of good, right? Driving them go-karts. Like, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, well, you know, you're pretty good at driving. You know, maybe we should do this more often. And, you know, maybe we can take that into something else. I, you know, it's just first thing, first example I could come up with. But. Yeah, if somebody has debilitating anxiety, it's the only person that can take them out of that is themselves. Yeah. But if you identify it and find a way to remove a barrier that they are overblowing, because that's what we do when we're in anxiety, right? If you over, I can't do the VIP dinner because there are no restaurants in Camden capable of that many people, right? That's, that was mine. But you're friends with a caterer, Nicole who's willing to do the keto thing, and boom, done. So I have a friend right now who is in a tough situation with an addiction problem in her family, and I reached out to her because I haven't heard from her, and I said, hey, how's it going? And she's like, not well, and she laid out this whole thing. And I said, have you been to Al-Anon? Because Al-Anon is for families of people who have addiction problems. So you learn how to set boundaries. Like I had to learn how to set some boundaries a few years ago. And I went to a psychologist to learn how to do it in an empowering way rather than I punch you in the nose and you found my boundary. There it was. It hurts, right? Um, 
She said no, and I said, I can tell she's in anxiety state. So I said, I'll go with you. I need to go too. And it's just coming alongside. That may not fix her problem, but that gives her a branch to choose if she's going to find a way out of her anxiety phase. But it's important to acknowledge or to understand what's in your sphere to change and and when you just kind of need to be a helper and 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 set your own boundaries there so you're not always a helper to to give them that opportunity because you really can't bring somebody out of an anxiety phase that only they can well it's kind of not necessarily your responsibility either you can you know out of altruism out of love you, you want to help them in any way they can but with my best friend you know he was stuck like i said and i just tried to be a friend you know not try to change him not try to fix him just you know i tried to be as non-judgmental as possible right because i've felt the same things he's felt just maybe to a lesser extent in some regards but we had a question here yeah what are you personally doing to get into flow <clears throat> well like i said okay Barbara, wait what do you personally do to get into flow gardening um you know when i need to i i go for a walk in the woods you know, that's kind of how I decompress, um, exercise, playing with my dog. I mean, every everyday things. It's like I used to hate doing laundry, right? I hated I hated everything about it, folding it, doing it, all of it. And I just learned, like, well, if I if I just fold this stuff as good as I can, clean, right? If I make it a little bit challenging, if I try to make it. You know, do my best at it. It actually could be fun, right? You know, washing dishes is no different. I worked at a restaurant and I was the fastest dishwasher this side of the Mississippi. You know what I mean? And that's how I tried to be about it. Like I'm a gunslinger or something. It doesn't have to be something super exotic uh, or, you know, it, it can be mundane. But if you do it with a little bit of extra intention to make it interesting, right? To do it to the best of your abilities. It, it takes the mundane and makes it entertaining. It takes me 60 seconds to unload my dishwasher and put everything away. Hey, oh. You know why I know that? Because it takes 60 seconds to heat up hot water in the microwave for tea. <laughs> and I would always put off unloading the dishwasher because I don't have time. And at one time I was like, well, I'll put away dishes while this is going, right? Heating my water. And I realized I was done at the same time my water was, and my excuse for not unloading the dishwasher was eliminated that day, because it only takes 60 seconds to unload the dishwasher. Yep. And I do have one minute every day to do that. <laughs> one minute. Well, that almost makes me think of uh, a ritual, right? So you have the ritual of heating up some water in, you know, yeah. in the microwave while you're unloading. Well, sure, but you can make these into rituals, right? We talk about like habits, right? Habits and rituals, almost the same thing, I think. You you learn to do something a certain way and it it helps you get into that state of mind. You know, if you if you make a ritual out of putting the, the mug in the microwave while you're washing dishes or while you're unloading the dishwasher, every time you will you will find that flow just the second you hit that start button on the microwave. You know, it's it's a quick sort of thing. It's not hard to get there. I almost think we're we're prone to getting into flow. It's it's all the distractions around us that keep us out of it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Let's hear from Michael Whistler from the Easy Easy Podcast. Hey, um, this.
jacket was left here last night with a cell phone that's dead in the pocket. So just showing it, and then it will be over there somewhere. Great, thank you so much, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Okay, I'm gonna put this out front when I come back. Okay, you guys. Drug war veteran, I might need to get yeah. me one of those. Take a crystal too. You need a crystal for oh. me. It'll keep you safe. I want this. Oh right. my god. Hey there. No shit. You just sound agate. Oh my god. Oh fuck. Sorry, we I'm just like in heaven right now. Yeah. Blow states, yeah. cold water. Yeah. Like Wim Hop Cold plunge. Oh dude, the Wim Hop. Yeah, I sh Hop, yeah. Dude. I love his his breathing. Should have mentioned that earlier, man. <laughs> Yo, so your talk, I didn't know you were the flow state guy. Uh-huh. So, because I saw that on the agenda, and I was like, yo, they're having people like that come this time. Getting a little more ethereal with and it. And I was yeah. like, because that is so fucking critical, because that is the state of ultimate freedom and timelessness. That's how you literally get free from time. Agreed. And I was like, oh, I have to hear that. And I so really I'm hope so it translated. Glad. It's hard to know when no, you're up did. there. Okay. It did. It did. Like, I also recorded a lot of it, so if you want me to send it to you. I would love that. And, and I didn't have the best angle. I've got the audio but not any video yeah but I'll be send sweet. you everything I have um, and then also we'll swap like socials and shit uh -huh. so if you don't if, if you're cool with it I'll post like little snippets absolutely people could benefit a lot from hearing what you had to say that's what I was hoping you know it was no you did really I, you couldn't tell that that was your first time doing that like it looked like it was just like like easy for you well I've been training for it so to speak for a while with the podcast and honestly yeah. my favorite one of my favorite classes in college was public speaking i, I get off on this shit you know yeah well and the other it's thing a trip. too is it's like a, when you're you know, doing what you love it's not work exactly you know? exactly no yeah. it's, it's, it's not is, it's just it like, goes into a different category here goes my soul well, it's weird, you know, it, it was weird because like literally i when i asked like how much time do i have i felt like it had been 10 minutes and i'm like running out of stuff to talk about but it had been 35 or whatever. Yeah, you know? that's how I felt last night too. I was like, how how is an hour yeah, already yeah, gone by? Like, right. Fuck that set went by so fast. Yeah, that's like seriously. Every uh, almost every time I perform, I like I'll come off and sometimes I black out and I'm like, what the fuck happened? Right, right. It's so weird. I just stepped um, on your coffee. Oh, I am recording by the way, so I want to I want you to tell tell the audience like who you are. And all oh, that. okay, sweet. Yeah. Okay, so hello. Um, <laughs> my name is Testamona. Ooh, my voice is kind of blown out because I was uh, doing a lot of singing and rapping last mm -hmm. night. Testamona is my singer and rapper and songwriter name. I have a podcast called The Great Silencing with Testamona. But if you just meet me regularly, you can call me Tess. Tess. So, right so those are all my names. Yeah, well, I loved the show last night. It was blast yeah dude know. thank you so much yeah. for being there that uh -huh. was just like that was so fucking magical is always oh, swear words of course okay. totally fine okay i just i had to just be sure about that yeah. because Un uncut and unfiltered that's okay, how i cool. do it yeah cool um, if i couldn't say fuck i might go mad you know i know i like it's it, it can be every other word it's not, but yeah. some people get really they act like i burned down their fucking Did house and i'm like Ooh. i heard you did so. that in some type of like reading i'm just kidding i'm just kidding group or something you were presenting like spoken word or something Oh yeah, yeah I was I was performing at a fucking Nashville writers round. I didn't know that there was no cussing, and oh. I literally sang the hook to Alien Tumbleweed, where it says, "Soon one day we will be together in a place that's 
fuck shit free. Fuck shit free no yeah. slum lords, no Babylon whores. And I just heard someone go, <gasps> like right in the front. And I was just like, ha ha. I was like, whatever, it's just one asshole. And then I repeated it three more times. Uh-huh. And then the, the girl who was accompanying me, she was like, I forgot to tell you, you can't cuss here. I was like, oh. Yeah, you should have should have mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, just like, do you know me? Well, I'm just proud. I'm just proud I didn't let a fuck out. I let a couple dams and hells yeah, and shit yeah, out. PG-13, but, you're yeah, PG-13. Yeah, PG-13. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, just don't say fuck. Yeah. <laughs> when I do like just one where anybody fuck. cares, I literally tape like four things on the top of my monitor. It's like kids watching, eyes, ears. Because uh-huh. like, I will just... Yeah. I'm like halfway down the ramp. Like, fuck, sorry, you got to edit that now. So, so, so I'm doing a Women of Self-Reliance Fest, but even though you're not a woman, we're going to tell the audience who you are because... You've been, oh, you're recording. I am recording. I am recording. Brian Norton. Hey. Food, scrambling. Food, food forest, forest farms. farms. Yeah, man. Scrambling. I'm, I'm, oh, hey. I'm stoked uh, to come to Squash RTA Magazine, point. Road to Autonomy, magazine.com. Uh. October 15th, e-zine launches. It's Bad Bitches. Bad Bitches. Yes. Bad Bitches of Autonomy. And I wrote an article. Sweet, sweet. It's good. All right. And who are Me. you? I am Chelsea Laws. My Instagram handle is Jadagit, R-A-D-H-A-G-E-E-T. And you can find my muses and ramblings there. There's not many. I'm new to the social media. And um, I'm from Oregon. Uh I'm in Tennessee. My bestie just moved out here. And... um, Freedom. Freedom. Fucking A. Freedom. Freedom. I was the guy last night during the show that was like, the moment was right. I just, freedom! Yes, I loved that, dude. I I loved that because it was, that was in my ending lyrics too. Like, I dream of freedom. Mm. I dream of love. And then we ended and I just hear, freedom! And then I yelled it and then everyone's fucking yelling it. I didn't know who started that shit. That was me. Oh my God. Thank you for that, dude. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for, that was just so fucking epic. I cannot. Uh It was the best ending Uh to to a show, especially at this festival. It's just everyone, freedom! I try try to be of service however I can. Oh dude, tremendous, Well, you know, you helped me today. I helped you a little yesterday, you know, like having somebody, well, and it's nice to have friendly faces to look out to. Right, while you're right. talking, you know. Yeah, you get beat but, up by your friends is easier. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, cool. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go home and download your music for sure. Are you selling it like all the traditional ways? How do you prefer yeah. people get it? I guess. So, um, if people do prefer streaming platforms, I am on all of them oh. at like at Testamona. So some people misspell it. T E S S T A M as in Molly O N as in Nancy A. But if you want to actually like buy it and support it, what I would suggest is going to Bandcamp. Uh, so you can do that of two ways. You can go testimona.bandcamp.com um, or you can go to my Instagram, which is at testimona. There's a hyperlink there and it has literally all of my links to everything I do, including Bandcamp. So if you just don't want to type shit and just want to push a button with your thumb twice, do that. Otherwise, just go to Bandcamp and look up Testimona. I'm the only one on there. Sweet. So, Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, one final question. Um, you know, I think this unique this event is unique because it's largely female-driven with Nicole kind of running point. 
and like I went to Childerberg. Have you heard of Childerberg? I have not. Yeah, you know, it's in the same vein, I think, as Squatch Fest, right? Pretty open-ended, very uh, free and agoristic. Camping. And- Focus. Not a whole lot of planned programming necessarily, more just open-ended, you know, organic dialogue. But I don't know about Squatch Fest. Childerberg was a sausage fest to the max. Oh right? wow! Okay. You know, and so like I it think tends to be. it tends to be. Um, so this is cool because it's so much more like yes. there's partners, there's you know couples, there's women in charge of stuff, man. Like, yeah. Badass, like hell yeah. It's, hell it, yeah. So it's way it feels more balanced in that way. Like I'm hoping we can continue to attract more women to this yes. selfishly because I'm still sitting, you know, single. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Selfishly, <laughs> if women that were. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Drive so, yeah. safe, my yep. friends. Yep. See the love. That's but, awesome. Yeah, he does music good. too, huh? Uh, no, he's just like a fucking connoisseur of dope shit. Cool. cool. So cool. He, whether it's like dank memes or good yeah. music. Sweet. Yeah, and he loves to share. Sweet. Yeah, Sweet. so he, I met him at a swaling workshop here. Those swales that are now like fully functional and shit, uh-huh. we were digging them like a few months ago and it was right. nothing but dirt and sawdust. So it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. It's pretty cool. And all the seeds seem to take that cow pee mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was wild, man. It really was. So Rock and roll. Well, ladies, cowpea is now illegal in Canada. What? Are you shitting? I am not shitting you. I don't know. I don't read the rules. (laughs) Yeah, of course, Brian. Well, you don't live in Canada. Cowpea is illegal in Canada, and they have constructed facilities, interrogation facilities, because there is a war, a global war on nitrogen, oxygen, and carbon. You are the carbon. Yeah. Uh, Nitrogen is cowpea. And um, they have built these facilities to interrogate Canadian farmers into confessing to climate crimes. Oh, my God. Oh. There is a... Um, Do they claim it's an invasive or some bullshit? Or what's the justification for making that plant illegal? They have to justify it some way. But then again, it is Canada. They're fucked yeah, up. Yeah, it, it's so fucking it's, Canada. Yeah. It's, it's a... It's yeah. a, it's <laughs> a climate... A plant. Exactly. It's a climate crime to um fertilize so basically you can't even have cows on your property so no anymore nitrogen affixing plants correct this is absolutely correct and i'm a i'm gonna i'm gonna oh gosh it should be right here this link that i want to show you or that i'll Fuckers. tell you it's a um it's a brighton brighteon um, they did a short 17-minute documentary. Um, That's what I get a letter from. I, I'm a licensed nursery, so I get a, I get an updated list like once a quarter of, of all what's the, banned. I guess I've never opened it. Wow, <laughs> fuckers, man. Yeah, you should definitely be privy to this because yeah, it is a global war on nitrogen, oxygen, and carbon. What and what are those? Seventh grade science class. The NPK. Yeah. They are the basic elements of, of life. life. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And there is a global war. Well, they're waging a war on life. They're waging a war Correct. on men and women. Correct. That's why I'm like, yeah. I don't. I'm not trying to be Mr. Like woke <laughs> by doing the women of SRF. It's more like we got to recognize yeah. women as women. Yes. And what they have to offer, right? You know, we were talking last hey, night. Women I, of SRF. We, 
That's we the aggressive take... attorney. Uh, I just got her. She's coming yes. over. Hey, rock yeah. on. She's got to tell you what yeah, she's dude. up to. Yeah, perfect. A perfect segue. Hey, you want to be on a quick podcast here? Yeah, women of SRF. We're doing dude. the women of SRF. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm also just filming, so don't yeah, mind me. It's all good. So you're the agorist attorney. I am. And that's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know what's really funny is, um, so I I was the first one to go to law school in my family. Like okay. I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer. My dad's a musician. And I saw these musicians getting screwed over, right? So I was like, I'm gonna go to law school. I'm gonna be a music lawyer. And I did, and I went to Loyola. It was awesome. Had a really good time. Graduated, Napster happened. So there were no jobs <laughs> because all the record labels had no money um, because of all the digital downloads being free now-ish. Um, there was problems with that. So I was like, oh shit, I have all these student loans. What do I do? So I went on these interviews and um, I interviewed at a construction law firm. and. Um, I have a construction law background. My family has a construction business, and that's what I grew up doing. And they were like, oh, you can read blueprints? Cool. You're hired. So I liked the work. I liked protecting, like, small businesses, family contractors that were getting sued just for fun. Loved the work. Hated the other lawyers. Yeah. Hated it. Hated the life. I just I just don't play well with other lawyers. Like, I swear I need to make that a shirt for I'm going to. You've already sold me. I know. You're the good, you're does, the good one. Yeah. Does not play well with other lawyers, which uh. is totally true. So <laughs> yeah. I, kinda, I struggled, like, litigating for, like, 10 years, and then I went in-house, um, and now I work for an architecture firm, and it's just awesome. Like, I don't bill hours. I just do whatever they need me to do. I fix their contracts. I, if they get sued, I go manage the litigation. I take care of their intellectual property. Sure. So the algorithm part came in in 2009 when I was when I found Jack, uh -huh. <laughs> Jack Spierko at Survival Podcast. And I was, I'd gotten laid off in the recession because I was a baby construction lawyer. Oh. And I was like, what am I, like, I don't know what I'm doing. So um, it started off just really helping people in like construction and entertainment for free to get their contracts right. And then as it became, I had kind of the same evolution as Jack did, like from like libertarian to like minarchist to like to fuck it i'm an anarchist yeah, right yeah, like yeah. okay yeah i'm an anarchist so i mean i say agorist now because anarchist freaks people out i mean right? to me like anarchism is the philosophy agorism is the action totally agree you know? yeah yes. Yes. but, it, but it, right. to, to like people, people who aren't right in it i say agorist and then they have to google that and they don't get in a weird like black block anarchy page right, right so right, they don't right. um so once i got into that i thought you know how could i use my powers for good um so there's a trick that we use in the law which is it's not really a trick but like to stay out of court you just use an arbitration provision or you sure. use a mediation provision i think those are really overlooked because a lot of people are scared of them but what happens is if you do it right, if you have, you know, all human interaction should be voluntary, right? Yeah. So if you're doing a deal with a coffee guy or a tomato guy or whatever, you should have a contract or at least something, chicken scratch, you know, yeah. it says I'm giving you this many tomatoes for this much Bitcoin, whatever it is. And if there's a problem, you could still get sued, even if you're totally in the agorist space, even if you're totally in the anarchist space. It doesn't matter. Anybody can sue anybody for anything. It doesn't, it, it, it's stupid. And then you have to defend it. If you get a contract with them that actually has a really good mediation or arbitration provision, then if they sue you, the judge says, get out. You agreed to arbitrate this, get out. Yeah, what are you doing in my court? Get out of my courtroom. Yeah, go deal with it you're the way you said you You're would. wasting my time. Right, right. And you can pre-choose your arbitrators. Like, sure. if you want... If you're like a coffee guy and you want to pre-choose your arbitrators, you could do like, okay, so my panelists are going to be 
Brian Norton, Nicole Sauce, and whatever other coffee people you want to have. Mm -hmm. I'm currently an arbitrator on a board. See? Exactly. Really? Mm -hmm. really? So yeah. you can choose whoever you on want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to have to get a better programmer than me to do this. But we've talked about integrating smart contracts, where if you have yep. a dispute, you escrow the amount. Depending on what the panel says, it automatically pays out or it automatically goes back to you. Yeah. So there's a lot of really way, cool things. Like, yeah. I'm... I'm competent to use the tech i'm not competent to create the tech sure <laughs> right sure. so um but lots of cool things and so i've got agoristattorney.com right now that i'm working on um i'm working on like my first 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 podcast this weekend sweet yeah. sweet i'm like super tired because yes. i was out here for a construction law conference and so i'm like super i've been out here since monday uh -huh. so yeah. um it may not happen this weekend but like as soon like i set up um anchor i set up Streamyard, sweet. i set up youtube sweet. i waited my 24 hours so You'll be seeing that. You'll be seeing that. It's going to be the Agorist Attorney Podcast. It is literally theagoristattorney.com, and the podcast is the Agorist Attorney Podcast. Cool. Yeah. Cool. On yeah. YouTube and Anchor, and then I'll get it on Fountain as soon as I have enough episodes. Well, you're officially on episode 100 Woo! of the Easy Peasy Podcast. Love it. Woo! Love it. Love it. Thanks for having me on. This uh, is awesome. No, awesome. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I hadn't even heard about you until yeah. just now. So. Well, it's been brewing, and honestly, it was like Jack's idea. He was like, what? He's like, you should have panel of lawyers that like just argue people submit stuff and you just argue about it and then it kind of came into like well what if we had an arbitration panel what if we put it up so that's what we're going to start working on the arbitrators are going to get paid somehow mm. um it's not going to be you know it's very much value for value like uh -huh. in the spirit of agorism we're not going to have people just volunteering it's going to be like yeah. if you want to be on a panel yeah. you're going to get something so y'all yeah. well, need to come to Childerberg. i know it we need we need more ladies down there it's sausage it. fest that's what i was just telling them when's but Childerberg? Yeah, so when's wait, the when and where it's down in Texas, they might move to a private property, but it's been at Mule Shoe Recreation Area, um, kind of between Waco and Austin. Okay. And it's full-blown agorism. That's kind of the whole point. No no fees for vendors. Just set up and sell, Ooh, you know. Ooh, I could sell my knives. There was, there was yeah. some cool yeah. vendors selling, you know, all kinds of things, if you catch my drift. Love it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, it was a great time. Just, like I said, open-ended, like, all day long, really cool conversations. And a few of those fellows could probably use a good lawyer. Yeah, so. totally. Uh, Lord, so uh, we, we so the, ma the yeah. mandatory disclaimer, I'm only licensed in California. I see. Um, I can do your arbit uh, arbitration does not require a license. I see. So I can do that anywhere. But if you happen to have a business in California, then I can definitely help you. you can actually, um, I just don't feel yeah. like taking 49 more bar exams. Um, so <laughs> Heard. Um, yeah. I just am trying to not do that. But there's a lot of stuff I can do that's not like technically legal advice or it's mm -hmm. in the arbitration space. It doesn't require me to have a license. So cool. um, all this arbitration stuff is like so well published like the system has given you the tools yeah. use the tools against the system against you guys are musicians right. at all yes, I okay am. so the rule <laughs> in music is you got to learn all the rules first uh -huh. and then you break them yeah. right yeah. so it's the same thing yeah it's the same yeah yeah. Well, I, and she's yeah, fucking. Really she's good, right about that. Yeah. I'm I always. Rule I always yeah, love yeah. the Bob Dylan line about if a rule is bent or if a rule is broken, it can be bent. That's right. Yes. Which I think is a fun twist of words. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, right on. So I'm stoked to listen yeah. to your podcast because I bet you that by itself is going to be useful information, right? Hopefully. Even yeah, if it's not goal. directly, you know, pertinent to one specific issue, you're going to be talking about yeah, general, general stuff. stuff. Cool. Um, I'm probably going to have people submit. You know what? What about this? This situation, yeah, right, yeah. right, mm -hmm. right. Cool, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Well, appreciate it, y'all. You bet. Excellent. Well, let's segue back into that Brighton link about cowpea. See you guys. Bye. Good to, nice. meet you. good to meet you, Patricia. So the globalist war on the elements of life. It's Brighton, B R I G H, 
T-E-O-N.com. And the 17-minute uh, documentary is called The Globalist War on the Elements of Life. Mm. Please, this content is free. Share and repost everywhere. It is absolutely hideous. The war against being alive. You're, you're you illegal are, by default. Just you are existing. illegal by existing. You are the carbon they are trying to, to eliminate. Eliminate. Yep. yep. You. If you know anything about the 2030 agenda, for that to even get anywhere close, that means 50 billion people have to die. Do we have that many? We don't. You get my fucking drift. That means millions of people, humans on this planet, have to die. That's what that means. Do some research with just that piece of information. It's incredible. That is why I am an agorist. I'm a woman. We take and we give life. And we would never, as a woman, as a mother, we would never send our children to war. We would never send another woman's children to war. That is not why we are here. This is someone else's agenda. Mm -hmm. This is not my idea of how I wanna live my life. I don't need rules and laws on my body. I'm not gonna harm anybody. Why, why do I need to live under this structure that is clearly anti? Anti-life. Anti. It is. It, it's 100%. And one thing, if anybody has not ever read this, and it is a highly disturbing but insanely informative read that I highly, highly suggest, disturbing. yeah, is Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. If you've read Behold a Pale Horse, you've probably uh, read snippets of it, but I would suggest the entire document. It was what they used at the very first Bilderberg meeting in 1954, and it describes what the original motive was behind developing the first computer, which was to be able to predict in the future like based on being able to program human behavior through what they refer to as shock testing, when we would arrive at the year or point of hum human capitulation. And I had, to, I had to Google that definition. I didn't know what it meant. It means submission right, or defeat. Right, right. So when can we cal... And they were doing this back in the 1950s. So they were already like, so when can we predict when humans can be completely defeated, like castrated on every sense of the level and just turned into what some often already refer to us uh, non-secret society folk as useless eaters useless or cattle or, you know, shove them in a pot and give them an oculus and some cricket powder and just fucking let them rot. Right. Unless Put them they're, in the matrix. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that, that uh, document, that manuscript breaks down the matrix and how it works and why it works and how they figured out that formula to such a degree that you will not look at the world you live in the same way ever again, ever, ever. But I, and, and it like, but do it though, because it's better to know than not know, because then you can dodge pitfalls that you wouldn't have even recognized as pitfalls or opposition 
or attacks against you and that actually will help save your ass because you can separate yourself from that and be like no that actually isn't real that's the matrix trying to do this so it actually it is to the good you just gotta you know sacrifice a little bit of discomfort but you know what in life worth having doesn't come with the price of a little fucking discomfort. Yep. You know what I'm yep. saying? That's, that's what I was talking about it, up 100%, on stage. A hundred percent, dude. Yep. Yeah, to maximize your flow state, you better fucking do more shit to get more skills and you're gonna have to go through some anxiety gonna first. to be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, right. comfort zones are so fucking lethal. Like you right. said, the stagnant water is death. It's yeah. a, you, We decay when we are not moving and it's like ideally we all want to be moving forward right like i've never seen water just like turn in reverse like i don't see waterfalls going up no. so no. yeah if like <laughs> if it's convenient you should turn the other way and run you should go find some fucking work to do that's Something not convenient. inconvenient. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. it's, it's not convenient, convenient. it's not it's convenient to track. come here you know a lot of us came from very far away oh, hell? but yeah. it's worth fucking yeah. doing and where did, where did you come from where do you live at indiana so not terribly far away okay. about five and a half hours so uh, indiana yeah. for you yep. oregon for you mm -hmm. miss and then for me hey um or for me i mean i live in fucking just south of nashville so it's like an hour and a half yeah. <laughs> yeah, lucky duck lucky duck i know but i am from oregon though i when i moved out here a few months ago i uh just packed up my honda which she helped me do mm -hmm. she helped me play tetris with my honda and pack uh -huh. up yeah. all my belongings and everything else i got rid of i didn't have much anyway got the hell out of california and i right? just yeah, yeah actually i was back i got out of fucking la for sure and then i was back up in oregon and then i just loaded the honda drove across the country in five days by myself, landed here and have just been building a fucking life ever since. And the day before I left, I was, I was going through some really dark shit and I said out loud and I was like, what if what I'm about to experience is gonna be so good that it is beyond anything I can possibly imagine because I've never experienced it so good. Cause I noticed that my mind always had this pattern of projecting fear into the future based mm -hmm. on past experiences and mm -hmm. past patterns and i was like whoa 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 what anxiety. what if it's gonna be so good i can't even fucking visualize mm -hmm. it because i've never even experienced it and that's 100 percent what's happened mm -hmm. and i i just kept I saying that test. like a mantra that is just <laughs> what has happened dead ass so i mean if someone wants to try that for themselves i bet it'll work because if it worked for me, why wouldn't it work for anybody else? You know, it's not like I'm like a fucking Merlin. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right, I'm, right, right. I'm an energetic being with a voice that yep. speaks into the ether and it responds. You're so. a light. You're a light warrior. Is what you are. There's some bad bitches here, y'all. I love it. I love it. I love it. I tell you, I wrote something in my novel. I'll probably wrap it up here in a second. But uh, I wrote a line in my novel where you know, it was a scene that took place in my life. I'm at the bar and I am vibing so hard with like everybody that I'm sitting by. And I go outside to smoke a cigarette and I'm wearing my hat and you know, somebody says, what's happening cowboy or howdy there or whatever, you know, like, and I'm like, I'm the only cowboy around. And so I get chatting with them and they start saying like, they get a vibe off of me. I think one of them asked like, what are you about? I said, freedom. Mm -hmm. They said, what are you, some kind of libertarian? I said, well, once. But I didn't like how it felt. I said, I, I call myself an anarchist. And they're like, oh. I did some research. One of them goes, I bet you're, you're carrying, right? I said, yeah. <laughs> and then another one says, I bet you ain't even vaccinated, are you? I said, nope. And they said, well, you can't talk about per, you know, protection then because you're not willing to protect others. And I was pretty much the moment I turned around and said, have a nice day and went back inside. And I'm just like, I, I wrote this out in the book. I said something about. You know, they, 
they envied him for being in the now while they lived in the past and the future. Yeah, 100%. 100%. No right. presence. Mm-hmm. 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 So. Yeah. By the book. Uh, yeah. Hey, Duke gonna... 2029. Yeah. Hey, Duke 2029. And I'll even send a signed copy to anybody that wants one. Uh, basically asking for 40 bucks for a signed copy, 20 for a non-signed. I, I was this close to having them here with me. That's okay. They're That's go- totally okay. <laughs> they're coming in next week. So, yep. yeah. Yep. But it's fun read. If you ever read any Edward Abbey, it's kind of a similar style uh, adventure and yeah. sex and drugs and rock and roll and shit. Hell you know? yeah. yeah. I fucking love it. Right I, fu- I absolutely fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's Glorious. Well, I appreciate it, y'all. Really. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you. you. I appreciate you so much from last night, so much from this morning, and so much for asking to to interview the women here. That's yeah. just so fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. then also now we have some some fucking video to it too. Sweet. So love it. Love awesome. It. Fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna go so see much. who else I can find. I want to get uh, Do it. Rebecca, you know John uh-huh. Bush's wife, and yep. Uh, gotta get Nicole on. Oh, here absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. dude, and you should get John Willis's wife, Amanda. Uh, Amanda, she is yeah. badass. Yeah. Oh my! And then if you can, Michelle Bond, yes. Billy Bond's wife. Yes. My God, she is an angel. Yep. So mm-hmm. yeah, she the, is complete angel. Yeah. The uh, deadline's coming quick. I didn't record a single damn thing the last two days. I waited till today, but I gotta. I gotta make it happen now. That's yeah. the thing. You gotta work okay. with the deadline. Yeah, so. there you go, because you got a podcast to run. So, okay, bye, you guys. <laughs> it's about flow theory. And um, I've been studying the PERMA model for well being. So, it's positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment. Okay. And that's like the framework to achieve well being. Yeah. And it's um, under the positive psychology branch. So, I just wanted to say I was excited when you were talking about that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to know up there if it was all translating or not, but I had enough yeah. people, you know, making eye contact with me that I figured Yeah, you did great. Somebody's listening, so Yeah, well, so you're Rebecca, right? Yes. Right? And Rebecca Bush or you soon to be. Yeah, soon to Rebecca be. Powers in my That's right. You're getting Perma married in a week or something or a month? A month. That's yep. awesome. It's That's happening. awesome. Too cool. It's and I saw you're selling like Kratom and uh, yep. what else? Yeah, so we have Kratom, um, which helps with, well, all sorts of stuff. It's like a miracle plant. Um, but also CBD, um, which is anti inflammatory, Delta 8, which is like an alternative to Delta 9. So it's a legal right. form of marijuana. Not marijuana, but it's a legal kind of form of cannabis. You know, yeah, right. right. Hemp, I, guess, I think it's extracted from hemp, actually. It's less than 3%, something like that. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm doing a Women of self-reliance fest episode because okay. um, i just think there's so many badass chicks here you know yeah. like Flex muscles. yeah yeah well and I, I keep joking that some of these events are sausage fest but this one ain't and it's almost female driven you know with nicole doing most of the heavy yeah. lifting but i just think it's cool uh, i was telling testimona i was like i ain't trying to be all uh, woke by doing a women of srf but I'm just trying to recognize that there are women in yeah. this movement because you, I don't know, like I said, online it feels like a sausage fest. Yeah, you know, no, it's and, inspiring to see other women here too because I often go to conferences and it's the, the balance and the dynamic of the masculine and feminine is very off, uh-huh. almost like 80-20 most of the time. But no, right. it feels very balanced here and it's a really nice container yeah. for for everyone sharing their awesome insights. Hi. Hey, I wanted to meet you. Yeah. Because well, I live in Thank Marshall. you. We, yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, here, let's so, come over here a moment. So I've, I've, yeah. I've talked thank to you, Rebecca. Yeah. So yep. I was like, I need, to, I need to meet you before we, I, I emailed you a while ago just saying, hey, Is that right? I saw that you have this business. I'd like to know more about your gardens or whatever. But then I realized what you do is not exactly like 
you know, your garden, it's like more other people's I take gardens. care of other folks. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but anyway, I just wanted to meet you. My name is Sherry. Sherry? Live in Mooresville. Very nice. nice. to meet you. Very nice to meet My you. My husband is Mike, and he just got himself some, um, some food there. Awesome. But um, we're just outside of Indy, so I don't cool. know where you actually I'm live. I'm inside of Indy, mm -hmm. uh, just inside the loop on the south side. So not, I mean, okay. 15, yeah, not 20 that minutes far. from y'all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, just wanted to say we're out there. We're, we're trying to figure out, you know, if we're going to buy some land uh -huh. someplace else. Um, I, I'm doing what I can do on our, well, maybe not everything I can do, but um, our property is, I'd say, 80% wooded, and so sunshine is a big deal as far oh. as my garden. You can make so. a little money maybe logging on it, but... Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, but we're in a neighborhood. I see. So yeah. like in a in a neighborhood. I'm actually and recording. So. I hope you don't mind. Oh, I was no. I was recording with her. <laughs> okay. What I'm doing is a Women of Self Reliance Fest okay. episode because I just think it's so cool that yeah. you know a lot of these freedom festivals and stuff are very male dominated, but this one is very balanced. There's yeah. you know. How you doing, Mike? I presume. I yeah. Mike. There you go. Mike. I'm Mike as well. Yeah. Right. We're neighbors, so, I guess. Yeah. So, so oh. I, I live South, in Indy. South Indy. Oh, you do. Yep. Yeah. South Side. Yep. Not quite Mars Hill, but almost. Yeah. You know. Hey. Oh, okay. I, my my grandparents lived in Mars Hill. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I don't so, think it's I don't think it's uh, changed yet? a whole lot except no. You know, maybe. Uh, I'm in Maywood, so right about Kentucky and Tibbs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Down around Charity. Uh huh. Right by. I'm right there. We actually visited there a couple weeks ago. Is that right? They were yep. all very friendly. Yep, so. yep. Yeah. Too so, cool. Yeah. Just well, let me to... give you a card. Okay. Um, sometimes emails fall by the wayside. That's okay. No but worries. if you want to ever reach out directly, hey, you know, thank you. there you go. Yeah. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Right. I remember, yeah. did you ever see Shawshank? Uh, yeah, it's been a while, but. Easy peasy Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> Can't say that no more. Well, That's that, right. Yeah, Don't that was that from a ways back. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, great meeting you but folks. I just wanted to meet you before. Absolutely. We're heading, we're heading back to Indiana. I'm not going to so, be far behind you. Yeah. Yep. So Stay in the travel. flow, man. Yep. Travel yeah. safe. Right. Yep. Everything has a dual nature, positive and negative, two ends of a stick, right? There's always a positive. If this is the worst of times, it's also what? The best of times. This is also the best of times. Focus on the best of times. I'm not paying attention to all this other crap. Whatever these people are, they're like, oh my God, they're going to do this to us. They're not doing nothing to me. Nothing is happening to you, guys. Nothing. Nothing's happening to you, and no one is coming for you. Okay? Because nobody cares. Nobody, nobody cares. All right? Correspondence. Large and small, macro and micro, as above as below, you know, the mirror thing. Um, and I talked about polarity. There's this hidden principle. There's an eighth principle. I don't know how many people know about this principle. I don't know if you know. Because it was occulted. No one was being taught this eighth principle. And it's the most important principle of natural law. It has to be present to affect change. This eighth principle, okay? It is what governs creation. This eighth principle, guys. Um, it's the causal factor. And it generates the results that we say we want. You know how everybody's like... You know, it would be really nice for humanity for us to have peace, world peace, world peace, whatever. You know, everybody should be equal. Yeah, no. Um, whatever. Like, everybody wants everybody to be, like, feeling great and, 
you know, which, which listen, I want everyone to have everything that they want. Every, I want you to have everything that you want. I believe that you are liquid love, just waiting for a place to happen. I really do. But you have to know about this eighth principle. And a lot of people would call this eighth principle, they think that it's called love. And while I believe that love is the divine solvent of everything, that is not what this eighth principle is. The eighth principle is the generative principle. And the generative principle, like, you know, like what's the what's the, the real name for it, you know? You wanna know what it is? Care. I know, I know. I have a shirt and says I don't care. You know, my husband can tell you that's really not probably true. I mean the truth is there is always great love here for you. There's great love here for you. And I probably care too much. That's my problem. My problem is that I care too much. But do you care? This is the lesson I had to learn. The lesson that I had to learn was, do you even care? I can't care about you more than you care about yourself. And the thing that I was doing wrong for most of my life was that I was caring too much about other people about other people's desires, about other people's things, about making everybody happy. You know, I think I tried for 52 years to make my mama happy and I still cannot make her happy, okay? Like there is no way to make these people happy sometimes. But it is not my work to make people happy. It is my work to shine a light on the truth. You said, right? It's not work. Well, I appreciate you giving me a minute here. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I, I loved listening to you talk at Rogue. And, uh, I Which did, one did you come to? It was the one outside of Nashville. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah. So Flat Rock, I think. A couple of them ago, yeah. yeah. I, I've been wanting to get back to that, but it's hard to make it to everything, you know. Uh, sure. But I, like I said, I'm doing kind of a women of self-reliance fest. Um, I keep making the joke. It's like I'm not trying to be woke about it. I'm more just honoring the fact that we respect the difference between men and women here, right? Absolutely. And I just want to say that while I appreciate you showcasing women I want to let all the men out there know that um, thank you for being men because it's very very important um, I think I think I think if women are not calling the men to rise they're not gonna rise um, I think the women were the ones who put the men down and they need to be the ones to turn that around and um, I don't know if they understand that they you know whether they did it on purpose or not or whatever but um, the training for young women is based on lies. And I want everyone to know that women were always queens. Women were always queens. And it is only the few that are in charge that have, um, in an art of war style, divided men and women as they divide mothers and children and fathers and children and mothers and fathers and you know they're trying to divide everybody on every front because they're in the business of dehumanization and humanity is under attack right now and it is very very important for people out there to know that when you like they first took men out and then they trained women to diminish men and men always honored women and men always you know I'm not saying there wasn't someone abusing their power okay but I will say that history is not true 
And I am old enough to remember when, and I am old enough to have witnessed women being queens. So I think a lot of generations of people who haven't seen that. And I mean, I had a deadbeat dad, okay? So my daddy was like an asshole. And he's not an example for men. But I still know the difference, you know? And so, yeah, there's bad mamas out there too. But, you know, I mean, if you have livestock, there's bad mamas and bad daddies all the time. That has not anything to do with our work. Humans, the only purpose, the only mission that human beings have is to procreate. And everything else is lies. And everything they're doing is in an effort for us not to procreate. Did you know that if women, you know, they used to say you should go out and get 40 acres and have 10 babies. And some people laugh at that. Some people like guffaw at that now or whatever. But the truth is, if you had 10 babies, you didn't have estrogen rushes from your cycles. And guess what? You didn't have cancers. It's almost like a pent-up energy thing or something. I mean, it is absolutely 100% um, hormonal dysfunction. It is a metabolic disease, and it is caused and created by a lot of things, a lot of factors, but everything is based on estrogen dominance. You might have heard that in a lot of different, like a lot of folks talk about that, you know, in health and healing, but they always only are centering it and blaming it on toxins. And I mean, look, I'm with the food church, so I'm about regenerative meat and all these things, but it is also about, you know, if you have that many babies and you're nursing and you're doing all these things, well, you're not in estrogen dominance. And that means you are a healthy female who is procreating, which is your job. Like hens that are laying, don't we want them to be laying eggs? If they're not, they're gonna be cold, right? That is nature saying no. Nature says no. Well, it makes me think, I've interviewed people recently I had three guys on the show, you know, a friend and a couple of his friends, and it came out throughout the course of the conversation that none of them want kids, according to them. Um, two of them are talking about maybe getting vasectomies at 20, late 20s, and it really kind of, I don't know, triggered me to hear them say that, because it's like, are you sure you want to take that away? And I, that makes me so sad. It does. It, it makes does. me really sad to hear. This is the breaking down of men. Well, the closest I ever came to getting married, um, she was a diehard career woman, and uh, she was convinced she didn't want kids either, and that was a big breaking point, right? Absolutely. And um, not that there's anything wrong with. Yes, there is. Well, yes, there is. Uh, there is. I'm gonna call it out. I'm okay. gonna call a spade a spade. Sure. I don't walk a line sure. because that's lies. I'm not gonna walk a line. I'm on a hard, hard truth. I'm on a hard truth. Don't call me a red or a blue or a green or whatever all these people are. I'm none of those. I operate in natural law, and that is what I spoke about today, and that is what I mean. And I mean, 100%. I'm only referring always. These are not my opinions. This is. These are laws. Nature works in an order, okay? And if you try to defy a natural law or a universal law, you are going to die. And you can suffer along that way towards death, or you can have a quick death, you know? Gravity is a law. 
It is a universal law. It's solid. It works every single time for everybody. It's not discriminating. It's not judgmental or anything. If you do not respect gravity, you're going to get hurt. And if you try to defy gravity, you can only do it for as long as you have the energy to do that. Which I don't know too many people who have a lot of energy to do that. Not, you know, not infinitely. You can't regeneratively defy gravity. So, it is with that mindset that I say, um, hail to the no. Like, if you are putting career before family, then you have no understanding of what your career is even for. What is that for? What are you making all that money for? That is worshiping money. Money is not the devil. I am for capitalism. I am for abundance. I am for wealth, you know. And wealth, it comes in a variety of ways. But the number one, the only real wealth that any of us actually have is our health. So if you are focused on your health first, which would require you to want to procreate so you don't die, then you should then you should 100% do that. You should be focused and paying attention to that only. And young people today don't have examples of this. They believe that nature is to be feared as has been demonstrated by the current hurricane. These are all man-made events of chaos and confusion to create death and devastation by murdering few individuals. And people need to just call that what it is. And I mean, that doesn't mean that I don't think the hurricane killed a whole bunch of people. That doesn't make me sad. I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't make me sad that, you know, that devastation happened. What I'm saying is these things don't have to happen. That somebody is creating it. And I want all the real men out there to rise and and do something about it. Like, how about stop participating in the bullshit? So, no, it is not okay for a woman to decide that she just needs to be a professional or whatever and that that is a priority over having a family. That's, that is not what humanity is about. And so, so I, I vehemently disagree. And yeah, you know, I, I also, I do understand that people can choose whatever they want. So, I can, so what I know is she is so free, she can even choose bondage. And that is what she chose. So whatever's happening to her is based on her choices. So when she has cancer, breast cancer or whatever crap in a minute, and then she wants to do a fundraiser and be an example and, you know, cut her body parts off or whatever, I don't care. I'm not caring about those people. Why? Because I can't. I can't care about somebody who does not even care about themselves. You know? That doesn't mean I don't love them. That doesn't mean that I am not crying for their ignorance. Like, it is really hard for me to watch people in their ignorance. And for years, I tried to save these people only to realize that it is not my work to save anybody. I can't save somebody who don't want to, she don't think she needs to be saved, that person, right? I mean, she 100% does not need you. That was, that was the rub, that was. Well, if she doesn't need you, why would you be around? You need to find somebody who needs you and not because she's unable to do, look, I need my husband. I want him in my life and I need him and I praise him for being there to do what I need him for. He needs me too, you know, and we need each other. 
and we want to be in this together because that because we are liquid love and I am speaking from love when I am saying that it is just sad that this individual or any of these individuals there's many of them believe that that is you know like a really good choice it's really it's not it's been programmed out of us in a lot of ways not in a lot of ways that's what my whole talk was about is you know shed the slave cells you have been programmed you need to understand um, that we are if we're not operating in natural law if we're only operating in man's law we're going to suffer and die now you get to choose your poison and I mean if you're choosing your poison and you're having fun go for it I mean, I'm not going to stand in her way. And if she's happy, that's wonderful. Is it the correct way to, you know, live your life? I'm not raising my children to think that at all. And, I mean, we need to let our future generations know what's going on because you just gave me more evidence that seems to be exemplified repeatedly by young people today that they don't want to procreate, which means they don't really want to live. They don't think life is worth living enough for them to bring someone else into this world. That's sad. I called it it a case study in um, nihilism. Wow. You know, it's very pervasive in our, in my generation, um, this idea of, well, it'd be irresponsible to have kids because we're so overpopulated and this Mm. and that. That idea has... Lies. These are lies. That is 100% an assault against nature. 100%. And it is 100 million percent based on lies. There is absolutely no truth to that whatsoever. And... You know, someone said to me, well, you know, there's too many people on the earth and the earth can't handle the weight of the population. Really? Because there were dinosaurs. There used to be miles long and miles wide herds of bison and all these like megafauna all over the planet. And our planet was thriving and green. If you were to go up into the sky right now and look down, it's browning. The earth is browning. It's dying. It can't die because... They're going, you know, people are going to kill themselves before we, these, these arrogant human beings who think that they're going to destroy the planet, like, you know, no, that's not what's going to happen. Like, they're, they're already killing themselves already, you know, people are already dying. I, I bring up a lot, you know, it's like, I often hear people say things to the effect of, well, we're smarter than we've ever been. And I, I, I laugh like, like you just did. Uh, no, we're not. That's awfully arrogant of you. You might think that you know, but they knew, they knew a whole lot about a whole lot that we are only just rediscovering. Yeah, I, I don't want to keep you too long. I, I just am glad I finally got to sit and talk to you. And I love the like fierce mama bear attitude of my kids are mine and you best fuck off if you have anything to do with manipulating their thoughts. No, I mean, I already messed up one time. I will say, like, I take 100% responsibility. We lost a child, and it was it was because we were we were completely brainwashed, and we gave all our power to these doctors. And I will never, ever do that shit ever again. Like, I will never do it again. And you know, folks don't want me to talk like that or say that, or they feel bad when I say it. And I'm like, mm, this is what is true, and I'm only going to ever speak the truth. So you know, hear me when I say. I have to take I have to take responsibility for what I did and I will not ever do it again. And I will do everything to share my story 
you know, in hopes that, you know, because I know that words don't teach, life experience teaches. Some people just won't understand or believe me until they've touched the fire. But if there's anybody who I can, you know, save by sharing our story, then, you know, and I encourage you to demand 100% everything that you want from a partner in your life. 100% demand every single thing. Because if they don't just love you till the end of time, if they can't just, you know, if you are not the light of their life, then they don't deserve you. And you, you should know that you are worthy and you are important and you were born that way. And you, you, you matter. So... That's all I want to say. Well, I really, really <laughs> appreciate it. You, you fired me up yet again. I'll just finish by saying back at that road, uh, when I first heard you speak, at that point I was very much alone. And mm-hmm. I'll just say I don't feel that way no more. So Good. It's awesome. This community is just incredible. Great. So, don't feel alone. Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. Find whatever. And, and you deserve every happiness. You know, you really do. And I just, you know, I want to see, I want to see our young people like yourself, like procreating and raising up the next incredible generation. Can't keep fighting if we don't have people. Well, I don't want you to fight. I want you to love your way there. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Just love your way there. You know, there's, I don't think that it's going to be the kind of fight that we think. I think that just, you know, loving people and meeting them where they're at. You know, you know that. You're going to... Oh, and like you said, we're the remnant. That's exactly. what we have to be. That's right. That's right. You're the remnant. Thank you very much. <laughs> I do appreciate it. Thank you. Right on. So I'm curious what the heck Public Square is. <laughs> Public Square is a, um, a nationwide directory of businesses that align with freedom. And so we're building, I work, I just started working with them a few months ago and I am the Northeast Regional Ambassador and then um, basically it's, the idea is we're creating a new parallel economy by not shopping with the Target, the Starbucks, the Walmarts, but, and the, you know, the, whatever, the medical people that are not on our page. And we're finding people through here that align with our values and they are not going to be requiring a mask if they're, if that becomes required. It actually is in some places required right now still. Um, and, or a Vax Pass or whatever the heck else, you know what I mean? And so the, yeah, that's essentially the idea is creating this new parallel economy and having, um, finding each other, finding community within having, being able to connect with people that we want to support, we want to see through hard times, we want to see succeed and be, you know, successful for years to come. So it's like the yellow pages for that's freedom the second folk. time somebody said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah, but there's also like, like the name is Public Square because it's all about going down to your public square and you find out who's got the good deals that week, right? And so in the app and or website, it's not app store dependent. Um, there's a section called Square, and basically that gives you, that's like what's good. You know, people are sharing like what they're up to, they're sharing a cool meme, they're sharing a video, a link, a business they want to give a shout out to. It's a bit of a social network too. It's a bit of a social platform on that aspect of it. Awesome. And it was Camille and Samantha, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Awesome. And y'all are from Maine? Yes. Yeah, way up there? Yeah. Now, did did I hear you say you live on an island or was that somebody else? Not yet. So that's that's me. Um, 
I'm a seventh generation captain and commercial fisherman, and I grew up on a remote island about 27 miles off the coast of Mid Coast, Maine. Yeah. I, I can't imagine like talking ocean fishing, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big, so. Big, I mean, what are you going for mostly? Um, well, I primarily go for lobster, so, so okay. my license is for lobster and crab. Um, and then I have my recreational license as well, but that's just like, you know, other stuff on the side. Sure, sure. That's pretty dangerous, right? Um, there are definitely dangerous aspects of it, but I think that there, you know, it's all about mentality in our life and our, you know, just living is dangerous. You know, people die in car accidents all the time. Um, I, I personally currently go lobstering alone on my boat. So I guess, yeah, a lot of people would consider that to be dangerous, but um, I, I'm very equipped for the job. You know, I am a seventh generation, and, and so I've been doing that since I was a little kid. And so I, I have good observations. I know the ocean. I know the winds. You know, that's the thing is, like, people sometimes ask me, like, oh, what do you look for with weather? Or like, oh, it's sunny out, so it must be a good day. That has nothing to do with it when it comes to fishing and working with the ocean. So number one is respect and understanding for the ocean. The ocean can literally eat you up alive if she wants to. Chew you up and spit you out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. exactly. So knowing, knowing your limits is a really important thing with anything dangerous that you're doing. So being aware of your surroundings, knowing your limits, knowing when it, it is safe or not to go. Um, so when it comes to fishing, it's all about it's all about the wind, the wind direction, the tides, um, all of those play a factor in your safety and survival it's too cool um, you know talking about self-reliance right like yeah one right. woman fish, fisher operation right yeah mm -hmm. that's, absolutely. that's cool is it a is it a pretty big boat I, i'm just curious um, you know. so it's a pretty small boat uh, with what i'm working with i'm at currently in an 18 foot okay. and i'm going to get a larger boat um, moving forward um, i'm just getting back into it i took a couple years off because again i've been doing it my whole life so it was kind of nice to take a break and learn other skills for a little bit um, now i'm getting back into it i'm building my string up i'm building my equipment up and um, honestly due to the way that the fishing industry is going right now there is so much overhead that it's like pretty prime that i'm in a small boat because that's the way that i can manage going alone right now and, and Yep. Yeah, yeah. And and I go hard like um you know, I, I fish a lot of traps in a day. I fish 150 traps a day um, in my boat, which is like, it's a lot for a small boat like that, but it, it's nice because again, I get to invest in myself. I get to invest in my business. And then when I do get a bigger boat, I'll, I'll already have, you know, my whole string and stuff put together so that when I do hire someone on and bring that person on, um, I'll be really established. Um, yeah, and I don't have to put more into my overhead. That's rad. You know, I'm glad I finally caught you too, because like I already told you, um, it was when we were talking the other day down there, uh, mm -hmm. I, the I came, idea came to me to do the you know, women of SRF, mm -hmm. and every every lady I've talked to, I've made sure to tell them, like, I'm not doing this to be Mr. Woke, like, rah-rah, you know, <laughs> female empowerment. It's more just to, like, honor and, like, show that there's women in this movement because mm -hmm. from the outside looking in it's easy to think that mm -hmm. it's kind of a sausage fest mm -hmm. but especially this event with nicole you know being in yeah. charge of it yeah and uh i just it's a well-balanced uh community here yeah whereas you know a handful of the other freedom focused events i go to it's yeah. totally lopsided yeah um 
so I, you know, it's just kind of cool to get a little bit of what everybody's doing. And yeah. Since I can't talk to everybody, I might as well cut right. know, cut it down the middle and you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I appreciate your time. I do. Yeah. Any last thoughts or? Um, just like, I wanted to say that you know, it's especially for us too. Speaking uh, about women, it's like there's. There's a lot that people think that we can't really do or handle or figure out, and we're really doing it. And I think Samantha and I are pretty good examples of that. That, like, you know, she fells all of our trees, bucks up all the wood, and we, like, do everything at our homestead with around fire, based on firewood. And so we are solar powered, and so we're off the grid that way, but we also are not um, relying on propane and propane deliveries or anything like that. We use and exclusively use fire to keep ourselves fueled. So that's heat, that's hot water, and that's cooking. And that is a big variety of things for us. And just just always keeping that in mind, like you can figure out anything, you know, and, and um, Working from home is something I've been doing for many years so that I can feel more self-reliant so I can be in my own, you know, schedule and, and rhythm that way and homeschool my kids from home and there's there's ways that's a that's a topic that I encounter a lot online is that people think that they can't homeschool their children because they can't they need to work full time. And I'll tell you for eleven years I've been working full time and, and sometimes most weeks overtime and homeschooling my children, growing a garden, living off grid, raising animals and doing all of that from home and um I just, it just takes, like, belief in yourself. We're capable of so much more. Yeah. That's true. 100%. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. like to add, too, off from that, because I, I really like that note, is, like, believing in yourself. Um, with the world we live in today, you know, it's, there's a lot of craziness going on. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. And when it comes to, like, men or women, you know, um, I, I personally believe, like, those are two very different things and I really love and respect the men in my life and the men that have really been really good examples for me and, and, and just provided so much knowledge and guidance and then I, I also have so much respect for women and, and the thing is is that it actually doesn't matter what sex you are like there are two sexes and those are pretty clear in, in my personal uh, opinions and views um, but but the thing is about that is that mindset is everything so it, it doesn't matter you know what what you are or if you're friggin in the middle or whatever um, it, it's all about your mindset your mental health what what you believe you can do is everything and then how you go about that you know and, and the more that you focus on how you can love yourself more how you can have more mutual respect for yourself for the people around you that's when you can really start accomplishing stuff and being more capable like Camille was saying you know I fell our own trees, I, I am a commercial fisherman, I do all these things, but if I, I get scared, I'm like, whoa, that's like really intimidating. But you have to start with the decision of overcoming those fears and focusing how you can build yourself as a person. And when you do that and you put yourself first, you know, fill your own glass, that's when you can show up for yourself, your community, the people around you, and that's when you really start making change and getting stuff done 
done on a small scale into a large scale. And so I'd really love to see more of that with people when it comes down to accountability, responsibility on the individual level, and then the collective level. So. Y'all on social media? Uh, yes, yep, we are. Um, I'm Honeybees and Salty Seas on Instagram. And then Camille. I'm Camille Rose underscore off grid. You have to type out the whole thing. And um, we're also at Off Grid Hive on Instagram, too. Sweet. So. I'm going to add you, and I hope we awesome. keep in touch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. likewise. Well, nice well, to meet you. Absolutely. Y'all, too. Travel safe. Thank you. I'm about ready to hit the road myself. We wanted to know if you had anything else left to teach us. Believe in yourselves. Dream. I guess there's just one thing left then. Tell us you love us. I ain't got much hope for the future. Motherfuckers too scared, too immature. To face their flaws and traumas. Monsters in the labyrinth, so they become narcissists. Create their own characters. Playing God with their life, no problem, right? Except the casualties of abuse and neglect their lifestyle ignite. People selfish as fuck, and the real ones withdraw. Impassing gentle souls, they all vulnerable. They see the freak show and decide to bounce out. Wish they would've had a bit more bravery, they'd drown out. The fuck shit, white noise, wolf tickets, straight lies. Bitches consistently inconsistent, wording bond no more. If I wasn't wary of karma, there'd be hexing going on. And you see how lack of love turns to hate. Witches used to get requests for family to be blessed. Now it's all just calls for broken-hearted vengeance. I love you all. I don't give a fuck about a goddamn virus. The real plague been around, it's unbroken silence. It's called isolation, ego, fear, lack of love. It's called a broken home where most addictions spring from. Yeah, it's depressing, but I'm calling it like I see. But the most important thing I hope that you hear from me. True warriors hunt themselves. So go within and find out where your character dwells. What are you made of? Chinks in your armor? What are the lies you repeat to yourself like mantras? I guarantee that shit didn't originate in ya. You probably learned it as a kid or society programmed it. Do you wanna keep living with a fake smile every day? Or do you wanna break the curse and bring back love? Tell me, cause it all starts today. I love you all. Do you think we can pull it off? Class dismissed. I hope so. Time will tell, though. Stranded, so back home I headed Only to 
to hide I was forced out on the street He up in my face I'm not on the lease Playing Tetris with our furniture Motherfucker raising hell or run me out of there I already paid rent for that month So for his wallet, I'm on the hunt Bitch owes me money And I'm down on my luck So I'm swinging hammers to his walls He wanna take mine Then I for an eye If you know me, then you know Progress right, motherfucking right. Better drywall than a knife to his chest. So grab your beads and hail Mary, cause I'm full of grace. Chapter one, baby.
All right, that was Testimona with Quarantine Blues. And before that, True Hunters Hunt, or True Warriors, rather, Hunt Themselves. Yeah, she was cool as hell, I gotta say. And she can perform. She was really good in person. So check out her music, you know, maybe buy some. You can get it at Bandcamp or just stream it on whatever you're listening to. If you'd like to donate to the Easy Peasy Podcast, you can do so at easypeasygardens.com slash 